Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Morning. I hope you're well today. It's morning for me, and I only have a little window of time because I'm at that point where it's a make it or break it. Record a podcast right now or don't record a podcast at all because my family is at that point in time where they're going to start trailing down the stairs and you might hear some stomping and banging in my kitchen. So I'm going to get rolling today. I want to talk about this question, what does it mean to crucify your old nature? And I'm going to break this whole thing down. I'm going to share what it means, what it looks like, my personal experiences. But I want to start with reading to you straight from the word, Galatians 5, 22 through 24. And I'm going to read the Amplified Version because I feel like the parentheses and the brackets really help us to understand what it looks like practically when we are bearing fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. All right, so it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, which is an unselfish concern for others, joy, an inner peace, not peace in our circumstances, peace inside, which means peace of mind, you know, the the knots in our belly, the stress tension, the heaviness in our chest, When we're producing his fruit, that stuff is not in us because now what we have instead is an inner peace. Patience is another one. And I love that the Amplified Version says, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. That's the patience that produces in us when it's the Holy Spirit at work, not what we're trying to do. I want to make that very clear. Kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. So the crucified the sinful nature is what we're going to address today. In order to live by the Spirit producing his fruit in our lives, we have to crucify our old sinful nature that keeps us bound to our old self. Our old self meaning all the actions and behaviors that would typically mirror our human nature, not mirroring our Father in heaven, not the Holy Spirit, not the fruit of the Spirit. We're supposed to be mirroring Christ. Do you know that as a believer, that's actually the goal? Like, it's literally actually the goal. And honestly, I've accidentally changed. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I didn't even realize it was possible because I heard more messages on how I'm always going to struggle on the side of heaven and always fall short and always sin. I just kind of believed this idea 
And honestly, I mean, if you think about it, it's a very conflicting message, right? I mean, like we get these messages that say, oh yeah, you're always going to struggle this. It's always going to be a problem. You're always a sinner. Raise your hand if you've sinned this week. You know, I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's kind of true. And then you read the Bible and it says, oh, you're supposed to produce this fruit. And then we're like, okay, gotta look like this. And we white knuckle our way through life. But as I read my Bible and simply applied his word in my daily life, learning to yield to the Holy Spirit in moments where I wanted to freak out and willfully choose not to respond out of that strong push to be messy or think bad thoughts or fall into temptation. All of a sudden I look back at my life and I'm like, whoa, I don't do that stuff anymore. I'm literally unrecognizable to my own self. I can't even find that old girl. I mean, obviously, I've got more work to do. I'm still here with you. (laughs) I've still got more work. God still wants to use me. God still wants to change me. But honestly, my mind is blown with how many things that used to trigger me, that used to mess with me, that used to make me freak out. And I'm not shoving anything down. I'm just displaying the Holy Spirit's fruit in my life. And when I come face to face with a situation where my uglies want to come out, I've learned what it means and what it looks like to crucify my flesh. And I choose to do that in a moment. And yeah, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I miss the mark, but I don't beat myself up because I'm like, oh, okay, next time, guess what? I'm going to crucify that flesh that wants to react back. I see life through tests and challenges, not through triggers, if that makes sense. We'll get into that. Okay. But here's the thing. The crazy thing is, is I really didn't try to get myself here. I didn't wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to crucify my flesh. It became very natural and now I can talk about it and I can share these things with you. I just applied the word, simply believed that I was equipped with the fruit according to what my Bible said should be in my life daily, regardless of what my circumstances are making me feel. I took God's word seriously and used it as a life manual to gauge against myself, to gauge against my thought life, to gauge against my actions and behaviors. And then I consciously chose to not agree with any worldly ideas or concepts that contradict what God says his will is for me. So we've got the worldly concepts that come in, then we've got our will, mind, and our emotions that need to be shaped around truth versus shaped around life experiences. And then all of a sudden, we're learning what it looks like to crucify the flesh and produce the fruit that God desires for us to produce in our life. So basically what I'm saying is my mind and my will and my emotions needed to go in order to access his will in my life and produce the change. You know that whole nailed it to the cross idea, follow Jesus concept that we all say, but do we actually do it in all areas of our lives or are we just kind of mindlessly going down the Christian checklist and the fruit is kind of hit or miss in our lives? Realize if we're truly living by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in our lives in all seasons. That's scriptural. That's biblical. It's woven from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That means when people are ripping you apart, you're bearing fruit. When life takes a hard turn and all of a sudden things are happening that you didn't expect, you're still producing fruit. When someone cuts you off on the freeway, fruit. When your child makes a stupid, stupid, stupid decision, fruit. When someone gets elected that you didn't vote for, fruit. When someone else gets the promotion, do you get my point? No excuses. We've got the Holy Spirit in us. And as we learn to crucify the flesh that wants to react out of our mind, will, and emotions, yield to the Holy Spirit, we're producing his fruit 
instead of our fruit from our old nature. The Bible says we will be recognized by our fruit, but if we ain't producing it, well, let's be real. We look like the world we live in, not our Father in heaven. The Bible says to be in the world, not of the world, right? Honestly, I really learned to press into the Holy Spirit in every single overwhelming, life-smacking, blindsiding situations that really knocked me down, refusing to give in to my sin nature until that strong desire to do what my old self told me to was gone. And this is what we're going to do today, okay? I'm telling you, when you get a revelation of what it means to crucify the flesh, life in the Spirit is unlocked and you are finally living in the fullness of what Jesus paid for. Too many of us are living in tension between the old self trying to do better after they blow it and then failing miserably over and over and over and just getting frustrated, begging God to show up, wondering why he's not showing up. And here's the problem. Here's the problem with that cycle and why you may be stuck in patterns of behaviors that don't look like Jesus. God has actually put the responsibility on us by empowering us with his spirit to learn his ways and then act accordingly, choosing to yield to the Holy Spirit, not our old fallen nature. The choice is ours. What you may not be recognizing is that in order to activate the Spirit-led life, you have to learn what it means to yield to the Holy Spirit in the moment of pressure. Not afterwards, not just the 30 minutes that you spend in his presence or three hours that you spend in his presence or the time that you were at worship at church and it was easy and comfortable. It's learning to yield to him in the moment that you're feeling the pressure. And from there, you crucify, which means you refuse to get in to that sinful response. We're going to talk about what this looks like practically and we're going to get real today. I may even say some things that you don't want to hear, but you need to. And it's not because I want to crush you and I'm not coming across from a judgmental, critical spirit. I want to encourage you to take a bold stance against anything and everything that is in opposition to the kingdom and maybe blocking you from moving freely by the spirit with his fruit bursting in every area of your life. I don't want you striving to make your old nature godly and feeling defeated in the process. Here's the truth. What I see often is the body of Christ, the church, my brothers and sisters, trying to make their old nature godly. We were never called to make our old nature godly. We've been directed to put it off so we can put on our new nature to be like Christ. Ephesians 4, through 24, and this is the NIV version. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's right there. We cannot argue it. But in order to do so, we have to regard that all of that stuff is our former way of life and we need to put it off. And in order to put it off, we got to renew our mind and recognize what our new way of life is supposed to look like. If we're not doing it, we're missing it. How can we put on our new natures if we're still clinging to our old way of thinking and living? Have you ever thought of that? You can't. We can't. We've talked a lot about getting our thinking lined up with what the word says and that, honestly, it is literally the most important first step. How can we even begin to know what God's will is for us if we don't even know his ways, if we're not in his word, if we're not renewing our mind? I'm going to read Ephesians starting from 22 again, but I'm going to read all the way through 
to, let's see, we'll stop at 32 because I want, I want you to see the full context and connection of everything that God is saying, okay? You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God into righteousness and holiness. And here's the how, ready? Therefore, that's how, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. So don't lie, all right? Speak truth. And I'm talking little white lies, okay? A lie is a lie, and if we're lying in any area of our life, we are partnering with the father of lies. That's scriptural, okay? For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. So we have to understand what a sin is in our anger. We can't decide what a sin is. We have to go to the word and read scriptures on our behavior and our conduct and the expectation that God has put on us to understand what a sin is. Okay, hold on to that. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Realize that if you don't deal with the anger that's burning in your heart and in your mind and you're fueling that turmoil and you just go to sleep at night, you have given access to the enemy into your life, potentially even your family. So that right there, we've got to really recognize what's going on in my heart and in my mind. And I got to deal with that stuff before I go to bed because I refuse to give the enemy access into my life. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something that's useful with their hands. Come on, let's be real. Stealing isn't always just walking into a store and walking out with a TV, okay? Stealing is taking anything that we did not earn or pay for. And come on, let's be real. Let's look at the little areas of our lives and the way that we manipulate and scheme and maybe use something that wasn't ours. I don't know, take food in the fridge at work that belonged to your coworker. I mean, just insert it, taking things and supplies from work and using it at home instead of just buying your own. Stealing is stealing, and before the Lord, he says no. He says, get rid of all of it, okay? Stop stealing. Use your own hard-earned money. I'm going to provide. You're going to have plenty. Don't worry about that. Don't justify. Don't minimize. Don't steal. When you're actually buying the things that you own, now you actually have something to give, which is the next part of the scripture, or next part of these passages. It says, that they may have something to share with those in need. Well, if it ain't yours, you can't give it, but if it's yours, you can share it, right? Do not let any, I'm going to say this again, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Any unwholesome talk. Come on. When you rip somebody apart, when you tear somebody apart, when you criticize, when you fault find, when you're negative, that is unwholesome talk. Foul and abusive language, that's other scriptures in the Bible. Get rid of all of it. Any unwholesome talk. If you're not building somebody up, you're tearing them down and that does not honor the Lord. Therefore, you're disobeying him. Therefore, you're sinning. You're giving in to your human nature instead of crucifying it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Realize that when you are choosing to respond out of your human nature instead of by the Spirit, you're grieving the Spirit in you who wants to produce fruit, who wants you to yield to Him and learn what it looks like to live by the Spirit. Here's more. You ready? Get rid of all bitterness. 
not some, not only the easy ones, even the bitterness caused by somebody who royally screwed you. Do not carry around that bitterness against that person. Forgive and release. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger. Brawl, I mean, come on, rage and anger. Like we already talked about anger. Now let's talk about the behavior that comes behind anger that looks like rage. Get rid of bitterness. Look at your own heart. Look at your own mind. Are you bitter? Get rid of it. Brawling. Brawling means being argumentative and slander. Slander is a false malicious statement about somebody, attacking somebody's character, cutting them down with words. That's slander, along with every form of malice. I mean, we don't really use these words. That's why I wanted to give you definitions. Uh, It says, along with every form of malice, malice is a strong desire to hurt someone out of spite. So you're hurt and out of spite, you want to hurt them back. Don't do it. Now here's what you're supposed to do. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Realize that that list doesn't even tap into sexual immorality or drunkenness, adultery, and all the other obvious sins that most of us base our ideas on being on track and what that would look like. Well, I'm not doing this. Well, I'm not doing that. Well, I'm not doing this. The Bible lists more about character and conduct that we are accountable to, sowing seeds of peace in our lives in order to reap a harvest of righteousness. And we need to really look at ourselves, our behaviors, and our thought life and see where we're off track according to God's ways and make sure worldly patterns are no longer in our lives. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you're too busy conforming to the patterns of the world, which is your old sinful nature, instead of renewing your mind so that you can be transformed, it says right here, the opposite is you won't be able to know what God's perfect and pleasing will is. But if you're choosing to crucify the flesh, not conform to the patterns of this world, the actions and behaviors that the world would display, and instead you're crucifying the flesh that would want to respond and react out of that, you're renewing your mind in truth. Renewing your mind in truth gives you access to transformation. And then you're going to be able to test and approve by your own actions and behaviors what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have to renew our mind and we have to know what his will is in order to do so. And we get there by reading the word and holding it up to our conduct, holding it up to our thought life, holding it up to our actions and behaviors. Psalm 199, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Are you seeing now how in order to unlock the spirit-led life that Jesus paid for, we have to know what it looks like and what it feels like? We also need to know what kind of behavior is acceptable and pleasing to God. If we don't have an accurate picture of God's will established, we're not going to be able to gauge our actions to see if we're on track. We don't even have an accurate picture of the expectation. If we don't have an accurate picture of the expectation, how do we know what to crucify? And honestly, more often than not, we're lessening God's standards for ourselves, justifying and explaining why we behave wrong instead of calling ourselves higher and crucifying the humanistic response until we're displaying the characteristics of God in our lives supernaturally, because now we're producing his fruit. If we don't get real with ourselves and develop a habit of justifying why we said what we said or why we behaved wrong, deception sets in. When we're deceiving ourselves, we become numb to the things of the spirit and can't even feel the conviction or his gentle nudge calling us back onto the right path anymore because we've spent too much time justifying what we've now decided is right instead of holding that idea up to truth. Here's the problem. 
when we believe we're right and we're actually wrong, according to the word of God, the truth is not in us. 1 John 1.8, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. So when we're justifying bad actions and behaviors and we're behaving, behaving out of our old sinful nature and we're deciding we didn't do anything wrong, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth isn't even in us. That's, that, that should send alarms off inside of us. Listen to this, 1 John 1, 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we're not practicing the truth, if we're not living it out, then we're lying and we're in darkness. We're not actually walking with Christ. Here's 1 John 3, 6, no one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. So we've got to take these scriptures to heart and we've got to take them seriously. The word of God shows us that it is possible to produce his fruit effortlessly as long as we're abiding in him and to be careful not to deceive ourselves because then the truth isn't in us. We can actually deceive ourselves into believing we're on track by our Christian works while simultaneously still living out of our old born from Adam's sin nature and never address what's going on in our head or take a look at our behaviors and listen to what's actually coming out of our mouths. We got to be careful. We got to pay attention. Let's say we're not living deceived, but we have formed a habit of confession and apology, but never actually change. We just real good at saying sorry over and over and over again. You know that whole whoops, I did it again song by Britney Spears? Yeah, no, I'm not singing it for you. Because as believers in Christ who are empowered by the spirit, we are called to crucify the flesh, meaning put it to death. We shouldn't be singing that song anymore. Amen. Listen, there are too many ideas getting woven into the church that's costing us transformation. And then we live with a lie that says being like Jesus is not really the expectation. But that's our human understanding because my Bible says, and yours does too, not only is it the expectation, but it's possible because we have the Holy Spirit in us who's making us more and more like him. If you're still struggling to believe this idea and this concept and you're like, well, yeah, right, and you've got all your human understanding, that's totally fine because I've been there too. Read Romans 6. Read the whole thing. The Holy Spirit really opened up my eyes to the power that resides in us and how we were never directed to remain at war with our old nature, our flesh, but to put it to death. Death means finito, done, gone, cannot be found in us. In the church, we've justified so much that I don't even think we know what a sin is or what it's supposed to look like, which is why I've taken so much time today to get us all on God's page. I mean, come on, we have ministries and prayer lines for every category of circumstance and problem, but oftentimes we're spending so much time doing ministry to our old nature instead of putting it off so we can put on our new natures in Christ. We've gotten so used to deciding we can't, it's impossible, giving our feelings way too much power, way more power than the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Then we take that lie even further and tell ourselves or others that if our circumstances were different or that person treated us better, fill in the blank, we wouldn't act that way. Then we end up cutting people out of our lives who trigger that strong reaction instead of cutting off the humanistic reaction that we were called to crucify. Do you see how this cycle is actually setting us up to remain the same? Then what are we left to do? Well, we got to produce fruit. So we set out to do better and try better and act better and put on that Christian smile. And inside we're in turmoil. We don't have the peace, that inner peace that we're supposed to have. And the cycle continues. Can you relate?
Can you be honest with yourself today? There are too many mixed messages circulating in the body of Christ that I strongly believe is crippling us. From the self-awareness movement to the increase in identifying the root cause of everything, magnifying our human nature rather than magnifying what Jesus paid for and who is in us that has graced us with the ability to change. If you want to go deeper in those kinds of concepts and maybe even discover more of what might be hindering you from living radically free, then my book Ripple Effect that I wrote needs to be on your reading list. Like for reals, okay? I can't stress this enough. And yes, this is a shameful plug. God put the burden on my heart to write Ripple Effect book back in early 2020 as I watched the body of Christ become divided, firing back at one another, behaving so opposite of Jesus, making excuses for it and justifying it. Honestly, what I saw in the spirit of God's children was hurt and fear and overwhelmed with worry for the future. And as I sat in God's presence and asked him how we as a church got to this point, Ripple Effect was birthed. So if you haven't read it, read it. It's a good book. (laughs) All right, you ready for the breakdown and then the practical and kickstart that crucifying of the flesh process? All right, first things first, embrace the tests and challenges and learn to see life through a series of opportunities to become spiritually mature. Don't fear the imperfections of life that would typically trip you up. If you do, you're going to fail the test and miss out on what the Holy Spirit is trying to accomplish in you. I'm going to read James out of the message version because I love the message version of James and I refer to it often, probably have on my podcast, but here we go. All right. This little title in the Bible is called Faith Under Pressure. All right. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work in you, becoming mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. That's spiritually mature, looking more like Jesus, producing the fruit in his life. That's what this is supposed to do, okay? If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help, and you'll get his help, and you won't be condescended when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the Father that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. Do not retreat. Do not look for a way out. Here's what looking for a way out looks like or sounds like. You're faced in a situation that makes you feel triggered. Insert any situation. If you're triggered, you've got some natural responses, correct? Fight or flight are typically the two. Both are finding a way out by looking outward and responding by your feelings instead of looking inward and realizing this is an opportunity to persevere and produce fruit. And let's be real. Fighting could be subtle or aggressive. Fighting doesn't always mean you're acting psychotic. (laughs) Okay. It could simply be you're getting offended and defending your feelings. You're blame shifting, justifying yourself, listing all the reasons your actions and behaviors don't look like Jesus. That is finding a way out. Deciding it's the situation's fault or the person making you feel triggered But the truth is, the Holy Spirit in you doesn't get triggered. It's not easily angered. Remember, his fruit is the fruit that should be evident in our lives. So you have to ask yourself a question in these moments. Am I living by the flesh or the spirit right now? If we're justifying our actions and behaviors, we aren't going to crucify them. That's the truth. If we don't crucify the sin nature, we don't live by the spirit. We can't live by the Spirit if we're willingly choosing to respond out of our feelings and our emotions in every moment that we're triggered. We can't crucify what we're clinging to. We have to make a decision that we are no longer living for ourselves, but for Him. Listen, 
If you've got strong feelings going on inside of you, here is your first opportunity to get a real, genuine breakthrough, okay? Do not respond out of your feelings, period. Stop. Give yourself a quiet pause and invite the Holy Spirit into what you're feeling. Ask him to fill you with a supernatural peace. And in that moment, you're beginning to experience that putting to death what would be a natural human response. And honestly, at first, it may feel unjust and painfully hard. But as you renew your mind in truth, remember that God is your defender now. And you're resting in confident trust that with him, you can do all things and you can trust him. You're going to start to disarm those triggers inside of you. The more you put this into practice, the easier it gets. Then all of a sudden you realize random life scenarios and people (laughs) that would normally feel like a punch to the gut causing you to react or retreat doesn't carry the power in your life anymore because you're actually living in the supernatural flow of grace, the grace that empowers you to become that transformed image of Christ bearing his fruit and you're not faking it. I truly believe this is what it means to work out our salvation. In Philippians 2, 12 through 13, it says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Think about how we follow instructions in church and not out of church. Good example, right? Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, meaning when you walk out of that church building, when you're at the grocery store, when you're in line somewhere, when you're on the freeway, when you're at home with the family, it is even more important Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So as you, as you choose to willingly yield to the Holy Spirit and obey God and say God's will over my will, and it doesn't matter who's around me, I'm going to be the same everywhere I go. I'm going to please and honor the Lord. He's putting his desires to do that inside of you and the power to do it. We're supposed to work at becoming less and less like our old ways and more and more like our Father in heaven. This is the pursuit. This is the life that Jesus paid for. He died and we died with him. Then we were raised into new life to become like him. As we learn to crucify the flesh in each moment and willingly say, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. I'm not going to live my way anymore. I want to glorify you in my life, no longer gratifying the desires of my flesh. I'm leaning into you and your power instead of giving into that old pattern of thinking, living, and behaving. This is going to God for help, not worrying my prayer, begging for him to show up like James says. This is recognizing and believing that we have already been given the mighty power in us to not just do what pleases God, but the desire to walk it out. When our desires are his desires, we lose the cravings of the flesh and we stop feeding that old self, activating life in the spirit. Do you get it? Do you see the power of the word and the truth that sets us free? Are you understanding that in order to access the abundant life that Jesus paid for, we got to do some crucifying? I'm telling you, putting off your old life so you can step into the new life in Christ and live by the spirit is absolutely amazing. The more we all as a whole in the body of Christ put this into practice, the easier it gets. And the more we look like Jesus, who's the head of the church, and we become the actual physical representation of him everywhere we go. Ephesians 1.23, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Thank you for joining me today. 
I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now, for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.